I want to go out and w have a walk. For some reason, I feel compelled to walk, but I can't. <laughs> You've never ever in your entire life wanted to walk, and suddenly you're like, I want to go walking, but people you are telling me that. not to. They I took the to trash out just the other day during the daytime, Shit. and it was the first oh, time no. I'd the like been in sunlight over. for like 10 days. And it Where was, are you going, sir? It, it actually are you was painful to me. Like, I've developed a light sensitivity from being indoors for like Holy shit. over a week. Yeah. What are you, part of Zartan? Yeah, I'm like Zartan. <laughs> like totally. Anyways, ah, we lose. We're ready. <laughs> Shall we? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, good. I'm, I'm hot this side. It's awesome. Just rock roll. So hot. Woo! This is episode 167 of G.I. Joburg in lockdown. My name is Steve and I'm joined by the usual suspects. Lockdown Paul. Setting down Rob. They say in the final days, man will be removed from their spirit and their steps will be heavy. My steps aren't that heavy yet, so it's Cujo on the West Coast. Cabin Fever Cujo. <laughs> there is a second American voice in this evening's podcast. None other than our good buddy from Pittsburgh. It's Mr. Bart Simon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you might be the voice of Steeler. <laughs> Indeed. You're listening to the sweet sounds of the gentleman who voiced Steeler in the final chapter of Bad Luck Lady. Bart, how are you doing, brother? Uh, pretty good, I guess. The sun actually came out today, so that's pretty good. Nice, man. What's new in the world of G.I. Joe for you? Or what's new in life? I mean, are you dealing with this uh, lockdown period by being in quarantine? Or are you one of the brave few? One of the essential services <laughs> still functioning? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I get to go to work every day, but work is um, pretty slow. I'd say it's it's a third of what it normally would be this time of the year, and this is our, our slow time for what I do. Uh, so luckily I get to go to work and make some money, but you know, it'd, it'd be nice to have a couple of days off, just sit around and do nothing too. Yeah, yeah, that's sadly my um, status quo. I'm 10 days into a self-quarantine after narrowly getting out before uh, all international flights closed. I was coming from Manila, now I'm in Australia, and I can't touch my wife. It's delightful. <laughs> we have to keep uh, six feet or three meters between us at all times because I'm a high-risk factor, having just done international travel. So I might be a carrier. I don't know. I haven't been tested. Uh, but Kim, being a medical doctor, is obviously not someone you want to transmit any kind of uh, virus to because she's dealing with, obviously, the very young and the very old and the very invalid. So, you know, that's that's blood on our hands if something goes wrong. So I am wiping down every surface after I touch it, washing my hands probably more times than usual, than usual, usual, if you know what I mean. And mm -hmm. just all of a sudden uh, overcome with the urge to do a lot of physical exercise, you know, to let off some <laughs> steam. <laughs> <laughs> like going for a walk. 12-ounce curls. Yeah, buddy. Oh, wow. Know, doing a lot of press-ups instead of... Whatever. Anyways, um, <laughs> how, how things for you, Robbie? Yeah, things are going okay so far. Um, so me and Paul three days ago entered a 21-day lockdown in in South Africa. So I managed to get a few things before the lockdown started. I mean, we, we like can't start go out and buy groceries. Oh, jeez, 
Yeah. <laughs> but but like people just went really crazy near their end. Like like they've been told everything's fine. You know the supply chains are still there. Everything you're still gonna be able to get stuff. But people still went crazy, and there were like huge queues at the supermarkets. People were trying to you know get in there and buy stuff before everything stopped. Um, I could understand two things people would want to buy: um, alcohol, because alcohol mm-hmm. currently um, during the lockdown has been it's it's banned to be sold. Yeah. So I could understand the huge queues outside liquor stores, um, people mm-hmm. trying to like stock up on that. And then the other big thing, the other addictive thing that Africans uh, enjoy quite a bit is cigarettes. So that's another thing that people can't get. So if you didn't get enough at the start of this thing, you're going on a forced detox at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you weren't able to get one or the other or both. Um, so yeah, um, hopefully all the South Africans out there detoxing, you're having a good time <laughs> and um, stay safe, guys. But some good news, I believe, uh, that they are going to uh, start with the sale of cigarettes again. Because, <laughs> oh, uh, that uh, yeah, that is good thank news. goodness. Woo! I had a feeling that that was going to be the case because uh, obviously a lot of people are turning to more sort of, um, what's the word, black market dealers and are getting a lot of the illegal cigarettes um, from vendors and things like that. And I think our government is like, mm-mm. No, we can't have that. So. We need the tax on all, the, on all those things to help us exactly. uh, keep going after this. So uh, maybe we should uh, change our mind to make it easier for you to kill yourselves with the coronavirus by letting you smoke. Yeah, but but like, I mean, listen. To be very honest with you guys, like if I was stuck in a in a in a place for two weeks or three weeks uh, with somebody who is a smoker and couldn't get a cigarette, that is actually very dangerous to a non-smoker's health. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Because some people, I mean, I know for myself as a smoker, uh, I might be chomping at the bit if I had to unwillingly quit. <laughs> it would drive me crazy. <laughs> well, I, I still remember me and you, Paul, um, after mm. our, you know, our, our trip to the states. I think like, mm. I think we were just rushing to get through the process of you know, getting through customs. And I think literally mm. the first thing we did was we got outside. Stephen was like, okay, guys, um, the next important thing we need to do is sort out the uh, the, the, the rental car. And we're like, yeah, you go deal with that. We're just going to quickly you know, rip these cigarettes out of our backpacks and just smoke as quickly as we can. <laughs> just basically stuff like three cigarettes in, in your mouth and light them. Literally. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing Tai Chi with a bloody cigarette in my hand because I'm like dizzy as all hell. I can't feel cool, my feet. we made it to the I'm, States. I'm like and me and Paul... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hello New York, <laughs> but first. <laughs> Cooch, how are things going for you, man? I assume you're able to get plenty of smoke done. Mm, actually, I'm taking the month off to let my lungs restore, oddly enough. I think <clears throat> uh, you can't do lockdown when a large percent of your populace is homeless. So I think out west, it's kind of like kind of a gunslinger standoff. It's like lockdown, but people are living in their cars. So what? <laughs> <laughs> So far, morale is decent, but there is a menace, an air of menace in the, or, or confusion, I think, is the, the bigger issue than the confinement. But people are still good. I'm essential services, obviously. So I do get around and I do ask questions, and they probably will turn up on Joburg at some point. I'm not decent, though. Shall we shift the focus to perhaps a little bit of G.I. Joe talk? Guys, I got some new shit. Um, in my last day in Manila, I traveled into town, perhaps ill-advised. <laughs> Certainly ill-advised by my buddy Roberts, uh, Kalupitan, uh, Manila native and very useful toy guide. If you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, check it out. You'll see this guy. In fact, the last episode that was published on this podcast feed was an interview with him. Check that out, too, if you haven't. But... Um, 
I soloed it into town to purchase a full set of the G.I. Joe Impel cards from 1991. Is anyone familiar with this collection? That was a worthy pursuit. (laughs) Well, it's fantastic to have a full set. I mean, I've often been interested in these cards as just like an oddity. You know, G.I. Joe trading cards. I had a lot of X-Men and Spider-Man trading cards, but G.I. Joe skipped uh, plainly over South Africa. Um, So as a diehard G.I. Joe fan, it's fantastic to have these these items and in good condition and obviously the, the full set. And the artwork is cool. It's quite uniform. It's not incredible, but it's not bad. But these cards did make me aware of one very, very important fact, and that is we are so lucky to have had ascribe the quality of Larry Harmer writing the bulk of the early file cards because there is some boneheaded writing in these file cards, <laughs> things that just make absolutely no sense. Uh, I'm going to give you a little sampling right now. First first up, we have the file card for Deep Six. This is his version 2 from 1989. Whether he's 50 fathoms underwater, swimming around in total blackness, searching for a Cobra missile silo, the last thing Deep Six wants to think about is how warm and sunny it is on the surface. So he opens the ballast tanks a bit and rockets to the ocean floor with his nuclear-powered underwater jetpack. (laughs) The inertial navigation system and underwater torpedo launcher are also great for a laugh, but what really makes his blood boil isn't high-tech electronic weaponry. It's Cobra! Okay, guys, he has a nuclear-powered backpack? That's a new one. (laughs) My goodness. Bit of a liability. But it gets better. (laughs) I give you, <laughs> once again, Deep Six. <laughs> this time is version one outfit. Sometimes considered to be cold and unfriendly, Deep Six rarely socializes with any of his teammates. Always a loner, Deep Six became a diver to engulf himself in the solitude of the ocean depths. The deeper, the better. Deep Six beat out 50 Navy divers for the coveted position on the Joe team. He could hold his breath the longest over one hour. you fucking serious he's nuclear powered and he can hold his breath for an hour this guy's the bionic man the girls love him but it occurs to me that actually in terms of isolation specialties deep six is numero uno he should have been one of our joes in quarantine the guy likes it yeah it's gonna be green with envy (laughs) green and canary yellow i bet his girlfriend likes him oh yeah No, I, I was hoping to have Deep Six as my um, isolation companion, but uh, his O-ring has just deteriorated, so now he's two half Deep Sixes. Deep Threes. So that's a bit of a sad one. I can only replace it after the lockdown. Yeah, that's annoying. I went to go and pick him up out of the display cabinet, and I could only pick up half of him. <laughs> deep Three. Yep, e. that's it. He's Deep Three. <laughs> he's still in there, but not all the way. You're half the man <laughs> you used to be. Half the nuclear-powered, <laughs> holding breath for an hour, man. Yeah, guys. Well, as I say, it's great to have this card set, but, man, the oddities in the write-ups just keep stacking up, and it's it's so incongruous. It's so delightful. It's so comical. It might become a recurring feature on the show that every week I read out one of these ridiculous cards, and, you know, we marvel at the stupidity of the writing. <laughs> <laughs> 
You should uh, try and find the other version of that set. Oh, there's another version? Yeah, it came in a, a green footlocker. It was a limited edition. There's only so many of them made. It's the same set of cards, but it just comes in a nice package, more or less. Fantastic, man. Well, yes, I mean, mm. obviously, trading cards, packaging is something that uh, is very throwaway. So these guys came in, like, um, you know, those card folders where they're nicely, like, individually sleeved, uh, which uh, is always welcome. Pro card sleeves. The, the guy was like, oh, those th that's extra. That's not part of the sale. I'm like, come on, dude. What are you going to do? Hand me a <laughs> stack of cards and expect me to think that it's complete? Come on. Come on. <laughs> so eventually he caved. But uh, I, I wanted the ring binder as well, damn it. But you're telling me there's a footlocker out there that I should be hunting for? Damn, bots. That's going on the list. Yeah, I think there's a picture of one on Yojo. If not, I can send you a picture of one. I, I got a couple of them somewhere. <laughs> a couple of them. Damn, son. Exactly how big is your G.I. Joe collection? Let's, let's, let's kind of ballpark it. How many individual uh, items do you think you have? You mean like vintage or modern, like total? Just total, total. Give us a number. Can you even put a figure on it? No, I tried to count the figures. Figures at one time because I make these custom display cases that hold like 15 figures on average, and I was probably 700 figures in, and I said, "Screw it, I'm not counting anymore." Um, as far as like vehicles go, maybe three quarters of everything that's out there, and some duplicates, of course. Uh, yeah, a few here, or there. Uh, mostly those will either go to my nephew. Or uh, just use them for customs. Which is your primary concern. Your customs, man, you crank them out at a rate that I don't, mm. I, I, I can't believe. They're quality <laughs> work, and it seems like there's, it, it almost feels like there's a new custom every day. I think the most recent mm. one I saw was a Birdman figure. Now, I'm not familiar with the original Hanna-Barbera cartoon, only the, the spoof, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. But mm -hmm. just looking at the original animation models, your custom is bang on, and the colors are so okay. vibrant. And you've got his companion. Dude, like, your work is high quality and very varied. You do sort of medieval stuff as well. Man, it's... Uh, that that that's your that's your your claim to fame, right, Bots? I mean, that's your your primary calling. Uh, I'm more of a vehicle guy, but my workshop it's kind of cold down there, and you can't paint when it's cold because the paint don't like the stick. So I mostly do figures in the winter time. Uh, come summertime, I'll be working around the house doing remodeling stuff like that. So the those will slack off a little bit, uh, but it just gives me some kind of peace of mind because my other hobbies I really can't do so. You gotta do something. Do you have like a top three favorite custom figs? I mean, can you narrow it down? Is it like choosing which is your favorite child or pet? <laughs> I guess if I went down and, and looked at them, I could probably pick some out. But it's it's like uh, it's a new love every time. It's like I do one, I'm like, this is awesome. I love this, you know. And then I start working on the next one. I'm like, oh, this is a pain in the ass. And then I finish it, and I'm like, oh, I love this. Well, the other notable one or sort of subcategory that, that stands out to me, apart from the sort of medieval stuff, which is really fresh and, you know, to be honest, we don't see not nearly enough of, is your Wild West stuff. Like uh. using the currently available bucks and parts and secondaries, you're able to create such variation, dude. It's really inspired stuff. And well, on top of that, you write up backstories. So, like, I suppose as you're working, it's helpful for you to think of, you know, this character's 
past and why they got that signature scar or why they style themselves a certain way. Like, it's very, very detailed work. And it, I mean, is it just kind of plumbing the depths of your imagination or what's your inspiration? Uh, pretty much, I just look at parts in my parts bin and go, well, what can I make? This is the figure I need. What do I got? And then from there, it just kind of evolves itself. Well, to anyone listening to this, scratching their heads as to where they can find your customs, is there a place other than the, the G.I. Joe Book Facebook group? I know, no, not everyone's down with Facebook. And if you are down with Facebook and you're not on the G.I. Joe Book group, please join. There's a very easy question. I even accept people that don't correctly answer the question because it amuses me. <laughs> <laughs> but where can people see your stuff, man? Uh, the only thing I really have is a customs page on Facebook. It's called Mach 5 Customs. Um, I post them there and also on his tank. Okay, so if you're uh, not a sucker for Zuckerberg, his tank is your only option. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Gentlemen, should we talk 6-inch Destro? Can I just talk about one sort of newish thing? <gasps> How dare you, That's Paul? Okay? How dare you? We have passed <laughs> that point in the agenda. Come on. <laughs> no, I didn't get to get my voice in there, so I just thought I'd let everybody speak and be nice. Okay, so... I'm really stretching this uh, one care package out. So it's not a new toy for me, but what it is, is new accessories. So I've had low light, the vintage low light for a very long time, since Jocon actually. And um, I've just never had his gear. And I was recently sent his gear by the very cool Andrew Creech. But there's a small catch, and it's quite uh, quite interesting. Um, so... I've got his backpack, his Uzi, and his sniper rifle, but when looking at his sniper rifle, there was something funny about the grip, you know, the, the actual handle. And so I took to yojo.com, in this case, just to look at the system that allows you to search through items and whatever. So it turns out, my backpack on my low light is actually a core backpack, and it's easy to, to miss, because the core backpack doesn't have two uh, ammo clips in the back pouch. Uh, and the G.I. Joe one does, and the G.I. Joe one is shiny. So initially, when I saw this, I thought, oh, okay, maybe this was just a repro of Lola's backpack from like a DTC set or something. But it turns out this is actually a core uh, repro. And i got to say, I don't have the official backpack on hand to, to check it out, but it's matte, and it sort of looks better with the toy, in my opinion. It looks better with Lolite. And the back peg isn't so stiff, like... It's, you know, a lot of the G.I. Joe backpack pegs are very, very stiff. You're almost scared of putting a backpack in in case you twist the, the peg out and break it. And then with going you, with Rufando. that... Yeah. <laughs> that, well, that's one. And then also, uh, gee, even just some of the, the most recent sort of Marauders and Renegades that I've had uh, that I've got in my hands, their backpacks, ooh, wow, it freaks me out. I mean, even old uh, Lightfoot's backpack scares me. Uh, and I don't remember that freaking me out as a kid. Uh, but yeah, the Uzi and the sniper rifle are, are well sculpted. It's just that the sniper rifle does have a very weird grip. And I'm wondering if I should cut into that grip um, just to make it easier for, for low light to hold. You know, to hold his sniper rifle, which is very much like a low light weapon. But aside from all of that, I'm very happy that I have a fully decked out li low light. Now, he and I have been going on adventures together. Adventures in isolation. So I shaved down my low light's uh, rifle grip. Much to the horror of Robert, he was like, that's an original accessory, Stephen. What are you doing? And I'm like, I, I was guess. about to say it again. I want him to hold yeah. it. <laughs> because he doesn't it have to hold grip. it. 
Big time. It's like icebergs gone. Power to you people in internet land who've been able to get V1 Iceberg to hold his rifle in a conceivable sort of elbow tuck. Because that handle is super thick. It's a real thumb breaker. Mm. Um, But to follow you up, Paul, I have always desperately wanted to get a realistic grip from the Iron Grenadiers Uzi. Like, get the stock tucked. Yeah. Ballsy move. I just went and did it. I went and <gasps> tucked it and let that 30-year-old plastic stretch. It stretched. Uh, it did not stress. It did not whiten. And now it slips <laughs> in easy and it tucks beautifully and it looks hand in glove, guys. It is tight. You <laughs> slipped it and tucked yeah, buddy. <laughs> On that topic, <laughs> it's a little rough. It's black. We're still talking it's, about it's toys, tough. right? <laughs> On that very topic of of hands, um, Steve, in your video with uh, Robert Kulipitan, uh, where you guys unbox the awesome night uh, night guard set or night watch. Oh, so set. cool, so cool. The Cobra Night Watch, a bunch of blue yeah. shirts recolored in grey, sort of urban night uh, uniforms. Beautiful set. Carry on, Paul. Uh, so in that video and in our most recent chat with Michael Mercy, you actually mentioned uh, the grips on the hands and, and fiddling with the uh, grips on the on the vintage hands. Now, that's weird because I've I've been very like sort of ginger with my, my Joes and I'm scared of breaking their thumbs. But I was wondering, does anybody here in our small little group of, of guys and bots um, I'm actually glad you're here. So does anybody have any good advice for how we could actually um, make the thumbs a little bit more pliable? You know, like a bit more malleable? Like would putting them in hot water work? Uh, it, you know, I, I would like to put some of my cool weapons in, like my Iron Grenadier's Uzi, you know, for example. Does anybody have any ideas or hints or tips or something? Because I, I'm scared of breaking thumbs. Are you talking vintage or like the, the 2000s? No, we're talking vintage, like 80s vintage. I just pop them in there. I, I really don't give a crap because it's my figure. I'm not going to get rid of it. So if I break it, it's it's not a resale thing. Uh, I just pop it in there and hope for the best. Hmm. Yeah, broken thumbs on toys kill me. Within mm-hmm. reason, I think you can... If I, and I think there's something in the specific climate as well. I would not want mm. to do this to a thumb in below freezing temperatures. Yeah. I just think that the molecules that make up the plastic are, you know, contracted and tight. Yeah. And those yeah. those bad boys are going to, you know, heighten the likelihood of a stress fracture and a crack. But the the ambient temperature here in Queensland was and Manila, for instance, it was like. I'm going for it. I'm going to get this right for the first time in my entire history with this action figure. And it's been a long history and always tantalizing mm-hmm. that I could never get that Uzi to, you know. They, every time I see a review of the IG, the the stock is tucked on the outside of the forearm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. you got to get that on the inside of the forearm. That drives me crazy. I know that. And it tucks so nicely. It looks so good. I just want to take pictures and movies of the damn thing. Anyway, so I girded my loins and I, I fucking did it, man. So I think you nice. just got to be bold. You got to be like, this is made okay. for that hand. It depends on the figure though too, because I have a 82 Zap that will never see a, a rifle or anything in those in those hands. 
Hmm. Is it because you repaired them already, Bart? They're super fragile. I mean, I, I paid a lot of money for this thing, so <laughs> I don't want to risk it. Um, but those 82 yeah. figures, the thumbs, um, especially on the zap, they're just, you look at them and they break. Noted, brother. Damn. Yeah, because that's like Doc. It's like, um, I took Doc out to do a review, and I never finished the review because it just, it just soured the whole experience for me. But, um, you know, his, his fingers popped off, and that, like, that broke me, man. That really broke me, and I wasn't even doing anything crazy. I just, like, I think that I was moving him, and the gun just sort of tilted a little bit, and then the fingers popped off, and I was like, ah! And I love Doc. I think it's such a cool toy, and when that happened, it just, it really, it, it just put the fear of figure photography in me. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway... So yeah, so I suppose onto something that can probably hold their guns better without uh, too much fear. I am, of course, talking about six-inch toys. <laughs> One more step. One more step. Let me get in the mix as far as uh, new stuff. One week left on the Black Book V2. Is it worth it? Yes. That's all I'm done with that. Let's see. I do think, uh, obviously, you only try and uh, put guns in people's hands around the equator or while you're in the spa and or shower. So I did have something else, but yeah, let's talk some six inch. That sounds right. Oh, you know what? I remember just in time. Uh, Steven, did it burn your ass when he said uh, the cherry red wild weasel, uh, Robert Kalupatan as his favorite figure? <laughs> hey, man, he backed it up uh, in all the best kind of ways. You know, it is yeah. a very good flight suit, regardless of the color. But, ah, uh, Cooch, you know what's Having acquired a Rattler since our initial discussion about Wild Weasel, man, sometimes you need a color that really pops to set off that beautiful blue with some striking flash of red. Good man. Um, also, just a shout out to Robert Kalupatan. Appreciated that chat, and I hope you're out there, brother, doing well. Here, here, man. So, Destro, Rob, you got an opinion? Destro. Destro. <laughs> he looks, he looks really cool. It's it's like I feel like they waited to hear what people had to say about the first few figures, and then they were like, mm. okay, cool. So they want one that that looks closer to the vintage stuff. So here he is. I think it looks fantastic. I hope they slap that on the box. What the quote? Yeah, when when people buy now. the box, yeah, like <laughs> he's really cool, Rob. He's G. really cool, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars would buy again. <laughs> but it's true though. It, it's like they 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 waited to hear what people had to say about these first few, you know, almost like like a sacrificial lamb. They're just throwing it out there, like, oh, you, you know, just just here's a, a variety of ways we can do these figures. And they realized, okay, Snake Eyes looks the coolest. People love Snake Eyes. People don't like the other ones. They don't like Roadblock and his weird weed whacker gun. Um, and then they corrected, they course corrected. You know, they they probably you know spray painted his um, knee pads from being probably gold or blue or something so that they're black <laughs> they remolded the left leg so that they're more symmetrical you know the knee pads yeah and then they changed the sleeves so that the, you know the sleeves are the same length instead of like the one being like halfway up and he's probably had like some sort of weird shoulder pad on it and he looked like a knight from the 15th century or something i don't know so running changes in other words rob they're okay. <laughs> so as they were listening to our episode, yeah, they're I mean, like, they, okay, they, change this. They started strong and they finished stronger. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you know. I think it's fantastic. He's really cool. He's really cool. <laughs> nice. Good. So unilaterally, 
Destro is the strongest figure in the line, or does someone have a dissenting opinion? He's up there opinion? with Snake Eyes. He's up there with Snake Eyes. Okay, I mean, Paul, yeah. if you had to pick just the one, what would it be? Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, Destro. Destro. Okay, what about you, Bot? Gun to the head, you have to take one. Snake Eyes or Destro? I assume you even like these things. I haven't gauged that just yet. Yeah, I actually got... Um two of the regular ones and I got three of the exclusive uh, Snake Eyes ones and I'm, I'm actually looking at Snake Eyes right here. You little and, shit. Uh, I might want to speak oh, to you after this show. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hoarding. Hoarding's not cool, man. <laughs> yeah, <'cause that's... laughs> Especially in a post-COVID-19 world. Uh, it's got to be enough to go around. No, I got one to open, one to keep, but uh, the Snake Eyes, uh, the third one I got, I really didn't know what I was going to do with but, yeah, I, anyway, I know what you can do with it. <laughs> so, looking at Snake Eyes in hand, it's pretty freaking sweet. I, I like it a lot. Having not seen Destro in hand, I, I really can't compare the two. But I, I did order a couple online last night, and uh, I, I was pretty amazed. Now, the Roadblock, the Duke, and the Scarlet, uh, they're kind of crap. So, Probably I'll take and customize those because I, I really don't care because they're six inch. They're just kind of for funsies. But now if it That's was I feel. four inch, I, I wouldn't customize them at all. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel about Duke and Scarlet and Roadblock. If they came my way, Duke I'm definitely going to get uh, because I think he's going to be fun to customize and do some paint jobs and paint apps on. And I did say this on Michael Mercy's show, and I believe I did say this on our podcast as well. I am less afraid to put paint on the six-inch figures uh, because I don't attach the same value to them as I attach the, to my vintage and modern era three-three-quarter-inch or four-inch Joes. But I don't feel any fear when it comes to these guys. And I would love to specifically get the Snake Eyes from the convention set with all of those weapons because that is just awesome. And and I'm and I'm hoping that that kind of sets a primer for if they ever do something like a Red Ninja and they do it well. Then at least I got cool weapons for that red ninja or for a storm shadow. Because for me, I'm I'm personally headhunting a specific roster here, and I want Destro, I want a, uh, Snake Eyes, I'm contemplating Scarlet, Duke. I'm happy with. If they ever do an Ali Viper, that'll be cool. But it's how cool they do it. That's what's gonna matter. Cobra Commander would be great to have on there on that list. And listen, I don't want to put too many hopes out there. Like a low light would be cool. Firefly would be cool, that kind of stuff, you know. But you know, then once again, it's like, oh, I'm falling down the hole of of getting all these toys. But but yeah, when Steven said like be between this and Snake Eyes, wow, there's just something about this Destro that just has such majesty. But I want to hear what Kujo thinks quickly. Kujo, what out of these two, which would you choose? Um, I'm gonna go Destro, <laughs> uh, only because he's got more things that I like. Money, 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 <laughs> yeah. money. Though the money is a little bit undetailed, wouldn't you say? I'm not seeing the cash flow yet, but I like the uh, rockets on the wrist, obviously. Um, oh, though is that three instead of two? That's that's mm. a bit much, guys. It's uh, his comic book and cartoon spec, isn't it? I don't know. I'd have to look at V1. The gold gun is tight because you know that thing's a one shot. What do you think about the update on his main piece? And do you like paint apps on a gun? Does that undermine the dangerousness? No. I love paint apps on a gun. Yeah. Mm. What's in the briefcase, guys? Money, buddy. <laughs> Money and a little computer screen, I think. 
Oh, okay. If memory serves. So basically, it's an upscaled version of the Resolute backpack with the computer, and then a mix of the Pursuit of Cobra money box. <laughs> like, but with, with less detail on on the banknotes. Mm. That is odd. I don't know about that so much. Like at that scale, you should be getting better detail, not a departure. Yeah. Or you can but, just use them as uh, C4 packets. Green? <laughs> Does okay. C4 come in green? I, I guess. I don't know. It does now. I suppose it can come in any color. That's just a pigment that you would add to the, the composition. Yeah, Semtex is Semtex. Um, but the thing is, like, uh, I, I'm just really grateful that we don't have Destro with Money Launcher feature you know like they could have had like some <laughs> silly little gun you put all the money in and you can like shoot it out yeah i'm pretty sure that maybe like in bobby's days they they did invent something fun like that but i don't know oh, like, i'm happy on. that it doesn't come with that and then also unhappy that it doesn't come with anyway paul, yeah, hang on paul hasbro yeah. has that i took a picture of this while i was in china because it just seemed like the most ridiculous thing that only a massive toy conglomerate <laughs> could have come up with i think it's called the hasbro cash grab it's a gun <laughs> that ha- you, you feed a stack of fake money into the back, and it kind of, like, spits it out the front. And the game is to grab the cash out of the air. <laughs> you have the most cash at the end of it. I shit Dude. you not, this is a real product that Hasbro produces. Oh, my goodness. Wow. If, if there's a bigger indictment on corporate toy, you know, shilling, then I have failed to find it because that is pretty damning. That is that is the most ridiculous. I'm sure it's called the Hasbro Cash Grab. <laughs> oh, my Something word. Like that's, that. like, that's like your number one strip club companion. <laughs> I need to find that picture. It is, it is side-splittingly funny. I didn't share it on the group at the time. I really should have, but... Man, so, how many did you buy... i'm making it rain on them hoes right now that's why i'm on the second story (laughs) it's a swinging uh pool party downstairs anyways guys um personally the gun just to come back to your point cooge i regard v1 destro to have the finest pistol the classic line ever produced anyone who's had dealings with that gun up close you're in the same camp as me i hope uh, there is not a finer, more delicately sculpted piece in the line. It has the perfect proportions. It seems regal. It seems like something a weaponsmith would arm himself with. It is a perfect piece. Uh, that blocky thing that he comes with now ain't that. It's not elegant. It's... It's, it's a bit Star Wars. Whatever. Like in the 80s, things were finer and, and pointier. Here, at this scale, where you could recreate those same proportions without it being a choking hazard or whatever, you know, it's 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 dumpier, it's dull, it's dumped down. Destro himself is fine, but once again, the accessories leave me a little bit cold. And um, I don't know if I like the holster, the sort of secondary on his thigh, could do with a wash. It's too bright, it's too plasticky, it's too wild weasel. <laughs> but you came around to wild weasel. Why, why are you dumping on him now? Jeez. Everybody needs maps. <laughs> <laughs> He's still lollipop so, red, guys. No, it's true. There's uh, a blue so, version in the comic. Oh, yes. Oh, there we oh, go. Custom give me that time. version. Mm, yeah, exactly. Bought, spit out uh, the custom for us, brother. Hey, he's on my so, list. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. The first time I saw this toy, uh, it was 
on my YouTube feed. Um, Michael Mercy had uh, posted something about it. Uh, that was like my first um, interaction with this toy. And I only saw half of the picture because I couldn't load the whole thing because internet rubbish. Jeez, dude, are you back in dial-up? What's going on? No, man. There's just something funny with the internet at the moment. It's really weird. Jeez. Like, back to the anyway. old days of like getting to half the picture and like, Mom! Paul's using the internet yeah. again. I want to make a phone call. Ah, <laughs> oh, no! No, it's nothing that cool. Didn't get the business end. It was so odd because I was getting that's that's what had happened. So I'd only saw, saw the first half, and I was Ooh. like, "Wow, everything on this toy looks great except for his eyes," because that inis- initial press shot makes his eyes look really big and bubbly. And I was like, "Oh God, they just destroyed Destro!" Like, no, on oh my word. And then uh, after a little bit of like, you know, futzing and, you know, moving through my phone and checking out different pictures, I finally found the shot of him where, you know, where you can actually see him with the white background and you see all the accessories and you see his face. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because what uh, what an awesome toy. Like, seriously, I'm very excited for this guy. And uh, this is like one of those toys where it's, like, it's not like a... Uh, a mercy purchase if you know what i mean like you're buying this because well at least i'll be purchasing this because <laughs> well, i it is a mercy purchase because you saw it on mike mercy's and you purchased my, yeah <laughs> <laughs> thanks mike <laughs> no but like seriously um this is not one of those those toys that i'm gonna buy because i'm trying to support the line this is like wow this speaks to me this is if i wasn't reviewing it or anything like that this really talks to me and i really have to have this toy and it and it gets me excited. It it it's the first of these toys to really get me excited to go. Wow, what's Zartan gonna look like? It's it's putting me in that that excitement mode I had with Modern Era Joes, which I I love. I loved Resolute. I loved Renegade. Um, the Renegades. I love Pursuit of Cobra. I love Rise of Cobra. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And so this just gets me excited the same way. And Funny you should mention Zartan yeah. because he's got my second favorite pistol the line ever produced. So Hasbro, oh, please don't fuck it up. <laughs> what are you thinking, Robert? Are you gonna pick this up? I think it's it's I think it's quite quite awesome. I like that he also has a as a as a plug in his back, so you can probably hopefully get more accessories in the future. Mm. So I think yeah, I think it looks fantastic. Uh, if he ever comes onto the shelves here, maybe I'll buy him. I mean, I'm not gonna go out of my way to buy any of these really, but yeah, if if they come out on the shelves, I I think I would buy them. Definitely Destro and, and Snake Eyes. I'm going to have to send my friend Bart an, an email and, and ask him <laughs> if I can maybe buy one of his uh, convention set uh, snake eyes, you know. <laughs> I got a friend of mine, he's got five of them, and I know some of them are for sale, so I can always reach out to him too. There yeah, but know. I mean, like, what's the pricing? I mean, realistically, these guys are meant to be $20, right? So what? $40, brother? I haven't seen a retail price for snake eyes, to be fair. Um, and, and BBTS is my favorite place to go for this kind of stuff because... You know, you can buy stuff there and you can let it... This is not sponsored content, by the way. But when you buy stuff there, you can put it in a warehouse and ship it when you're sort of ready. Or at least they give you a bit of a, a, a time to wait out. Um, so you can actually just, you know, accumulate a, a decent haul of stuff. So that's why I like them. But I haven't seen Snake Eyes on the website yet. I don't know why. I don't know what the story is with that. So. Sold out. No, not even. It seems like... Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe, you I don't know. sold out the Arashikage clan. Why do you brand Ooh. everything with the fucking hexagram? <laughs> Speaking of that branding, I watched a horror movie the other day called The Girl on the Third Floor. 
and it's got uh, this wrestler in it as the one of the main characters, and it's CM Punk. And so throughout this whole movie, there's like a section. There's a there's a section where you introduce to the character, and the first thing I saw was he had a cobra tattoo on his shoulder, and I was like, that's cool. Wow, I see they've shot up to twenty two dollars now. They were nineteen dollars ninety nine. Oh, anyway, so he had um yeah he has a, a cobra tattoo on his shoulder, and then all of a sudden, like later on in the movie, I saw he had the Arashikage hexagram on his on his forearm. I was like, oh, wow, Joe Joe fan spotted. I don't know if CM Punk is cool. He's not a he's not the best actor, <laughs> but I'm just surprised. Maybe he listens to us. Hey, shout out to CM Punk, guys. Yeah. Yeah, like cool. you yeah, good be on a him for Russian like Kage and a Cobra at the same time. Same time. Yeah. Maybe he's na- maybe he's Storm Shadow. You know. <laughs> yeah, I got my joke, Pat. Yes, you do. Yeah, but Bart, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, all said and done on Six Inch Destro et al. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding, yeah. gentlemen. We've got a topic for this uh, podcast episode. Another debate. To rage amongst the G.I. Joburg crowd. We are reintroducing the legendary vehicle battles. And today, <clears throat> we're doing legendary vehicle battles repaints edition. Whoa. Oh yeah. For every shock, there was a wave crusher. <laughs> <laughs> For every moray, there was a G.I. Joe moray. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, in this debate, we're going to be pitting up Essentially the same vehicles with a different coat of paint. Hey! But this topic suggestion came to us from Bart, so what better way to initiate the man into the G.I. Joburg Hall of Fame than having him on to debate this very topic. And in our opening round, we are going to have the legendary G.I. Joe Snowcat, represented by my man Bart Simon, versus the Cobra Basilisk, repped by Cujo. Mm-hmm. I think opening round should go to the veteran, the more seasoned one, the 1985 original. What you got to say about the Snowcat, buddy? See, that's a tough one because it's only got four missiles, so it has to. Uh, I guess we need to we need to pick an environment. Would it be out of the realm of possibility to fight it out in the snowy tundra, or should we do something crazy like a desert? I don't think it matters. It's a half track. They go anywhere. Indeed. But, I mean, I'm talking about the ski missiles on either side. Skis go in the sand. All right. Well, then, for the sake of intrigue, let's set this combat in the desert. Well, I've just put Destro in my shopping cart. <laughs> you do, Paul. Excellent. What kind of <laughs> tactic do you think the Snowcat could employ that might get one over on the Basilisk? See, that's tough, because if it only has missiles, you have to have line of sight to shoot those things or to get a target acquisition... Uh, so he's going to have to be up on top of a dune trying to look down and, and uh, you know, get him on his approach. Right on, man. But, of course, these are the same advantages that the Basilisk has as well. Is there anything that sets yeah. these two vehicles apart? Cooch, what do you have to say on the subject? I think uh, when I look at these two vehicles, the first thing I'm going to weigh is probably stealth. What are you thinking? Are, are we thinking, uh, are we creeping around, or is this more of a uh, straightforward? Hmm. Roll of the dice. Let's do a time of day element. I'm going to say this is happening at dusk. Okay. I'm going to say advantage basilisk, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> 
with a name like Basilisk, you know I'm not going to uh, pass up the uh, King Reptile, right? So I think box art right off the bat from the Basilisk, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know this. Uh, I think I go Basilisk art over Snowcat art. What do you say? Play value-wise, when you look at the Snowcat box versus the – you have the Horseman, you have two of the Cobra figures in the foreground, and you have the Desert Fox in the background. Mm, isn't the FOE striker, Cooch? Correct, yeah. Oh, shots fired, man. You're saying that the uh, artwork for the Basilisk and the FOE striker is better than the classic no 1985 way. Snowcat art. Bart, what you got to say to that? There's no way, because that's like pictures of toys, whereas I got the classic, you know, explosion. It's like leaping out of the, the box. It's got some dudes hanging off it. You can't beat the classic. Mm. Well, what say you about the drivers? Are you leaning towards the beard, or are you liking kind of like that John Carpenter motorcycle helmet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Classic. You got to go classic all the way because that's that's the original. Everything else is copied off of that. Mm-hmm. Are you a ski torpedo guy? Ski pedo? I I never liked those. I, I thought that was kind of cheesy. But if it's uh, a guided missile, it might give it a little bit more maneuverability. Hmm. All right. Well, since since we're in the final days, you know I'm gonna roll with the horseman. Um, I like the basilisk because it's loud. I'll take the Snowcat's windshield. That red is quite obnoxious. And I do like the Snowcat's windshield wiper. That's pretty dope. I have seen the Basilisk missile fire, so that thing hits hard. you got to go with Cobra on this one. All right. Well, fortunately, we can decide right now. Gentlemen, there are now three of us sitting on the sidelines on this. Rob, Paul, and myself form a panel of voters. Ooh, dude. Of course, the listeners can decide for themselves which one they, they would see come out on top in this duel. But uh, out of the points that were given for consideration, uh, which way do you lean, Rob? I, I'm probably going to go with the with the Basilisk, I, th- I think, overall. They're, they're pretty evenly matched, I think, overall. But I think the Basilisk definitely tries to do something new and different with the with the colouring of the of the original. It makes it more all-purpose rather than just like a, a, a snow vehicle. And a Elite Horseman, I mean, that's what a cool name for a, for a driver. <laughs> true, true, true. Paul, which way do you lean? Um, there were some shots fired about card art, and i got to say the quality of the Basilisk card art is very cool. It's got a lot of modern sensibilities, but it doesn't have the heroism of the um, original vintage card art. Uh, box art, so that's definitely in favor of the Snowcat, of the original. Uh, plus, Frostbite is driving that bad boy, and we all know Frostbite, if he can do anything, it's driving the Snowcat, because he doesn't do anything but drive the Snowcat. So, he's like one up over the Horseman in my eyes. And, uh, yeah, the Basilisk doesn't... I know it's meant to be like a half-track, so it can be sort of all-terrain, but... Uh, out of all of the repaints, that one is the most obnoxious in my eyes. So, yeah, Snowcat all the way from for this guy. Ooh. Original Snowcat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Swing vote Steve. Well, uh, I'm going to make light of the fact totally that we, we, we set this in a desert at dusk, or I set it, while the the proponents uh, didn't really raise it as, a, as a, a point in favor of their vehicle or not. Bart did say something at the top of this that... 
line of sight is key. I think, even under cover of semi-darkness, the blue of the Cobra Basilisk isn't going to necessarily score it any more points than the white of the Snowcats uh, being able to blend in with very, very bleached sand. What is going to score the Snowcat points is the fact that it has a clear canopy with excellent vision versus, as Cujo, by his own admission, says the, the red canopy is going to play havoc with your eyesight. So on that factor alone, I'd say the Snowcat's got the edge. It'll just see you coming that much quicker. And, yeah, man, it's, it's impossible to camouflage the Basilisk unless it's the dead of night. So, bam, 1985 is out the gate. Bart, you can chalk up a victory, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Mm, uh, Final consideration. Any love for the Basilisk logo? Yes, I will say that is Mm. good. And even the driver is not bad, dude, to be fair. His name's Elite Horseman. How can he not be cool? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's He's like the Elite Horseman that came out in... Pursuit, no, in Rise of Cobra, because they also released an elite horseman figure there. But no horse. Come on. Where's the horse? No horse. Someone has, bro. He's man. riding the basilisk. <laughs> <laughs> I want a horse, guys. I want a forest horse. <laughs> what is it in, in Metal Gear Solid? No, Metal Gear 5, was it, Paul? Oh, oh um, um, I'll tell you now. Uh, Diamond Horse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a fun game. Need my diamond back. (laughs) (laughs) We have another matchup. This time, we're going to take to the aerial battleground. With Paul representing the Cobra Night Raven. Ain't no haven, baby. Like the Cobra (laughs) Raven. (laughs) And I will be representing the G.I. Joe Sky Raven. Bam! Paul... Opening remarks, if you please. Okay, uh, so the Night Raven's better. <laughs> I had to come in heavy. <laughs> Convince me. Okay, so are we going to play this as toys or are we going to play this as like real vehicles? Oh, man. That, that would be... No, real vehicles, dude. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, so then that, that takes away one of your major disadvantages. Okay, so <laughs> you can't beat... Chrome, right. You, you can't beat a Cobra original. I mean, this vehicle... This jet is made by Cobra, it is sexy, it is dangerous, it sort of set the, the precedent for, for the vehicles that would come later on from Cobra, it set a, a it's just, it's just created a very dark tone, um, it's got this weirdness to it with a sort of detachable pod, which, you know, is actually based on a real thing, and it, and it also speaks of something that is just from the future, you know, especially from the time that it was released. Uh, it, it's very futuristic, and that is something that I feel gives it an edge, plus it's got a, a real-world uh, tangibility to it, as I've sort of mentioned before. It can hold three pilots, which means that you've got people that are fully dedicated in, in that jet to, to perform various tasks. Uh, one is maybe possibly just manning the rear machine gun, for all we know, but uh, that little pod can come off and do its thing, uh, it's got it's well armed. It's stunning. It's it's very much Cobra's little jet well Air, Air Force mascot. And you know, even Sopentor chose it as his chariot, you know, in, in the G. I. Joe movie. So it's got a lot going for it. It's really great. That's 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 what I'm gonna say on the box. It's really great. Paul. Goodbye again. 
<laughs> well, all those factors that you list, save for one, are all true of the Sky Raven. Except the Sky Raven slaps on some sweet, sweet chrome. We'll get into the function of the chrome a little bit later. But just in terms of personnel, let's start there, okay? The Night Raven is operated by very elite Cobra pilots called the Strata Vipers. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But, of course, there are some caveats to those guys. They're cocky. They do not get along well with their ground staff, who would normally otherwise support their function. They are mm. hazardous. In fact, there's even, on record, an uh, instance of a Stratoviper defecting to G.I. Joe. So not only are they problematic in terms of being team players, but they're also they're traitorous. potentially traitorous. Yeah. Whereas... The Sky Patrol members are so vigilant that when they're not on high alert, they're busy doing training. So says Skydive. Of course, he might not be the most objective person to to speak about his own team, but that's what he says to Pathfinder in uh, D-Day at Alcatraz, parts one and two. There you go. Do your research, boy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, as I say, the Night Raven pilots are either showboats or they're downright treacherous doesn't set a great tone for the jet itself getting over to the jets uh, you spoke about the drone i mean mm-hmm. on paper the sky raven and night raven have exactly the same performance except in, mm-hmm. the, in the case of the night raven you're slapping a drone on the back which until it lights up and, and and jets off to do its own thing it's just a gigantic liability impacting on maneuverability impacting on top speed ceiling everything mm. Yeah, yeah. You see, I believe I believe my little detachable pod will become a, a very short-range AWACS. AWACS, okay. You don't yeah. just think that it's a, an, a sort of a, a mini wingman to throw at me. No, I would I would actually use it to assess the battlefield conditions and things like that, so that um, my Night Raven's missiles could find you. You know, uh, because we both stealth. You sure that so it has that kind difficult. of capability, man? Are you inventing that? Because I'm, I'm just inventing that. I have to invent it, man. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a battle. I guess you do. No, look, I mean, fair enough. It's possible miniaturization and all that, but I mean, to my eyes, that thing looks like basically a jet engine with a jet fuselage wrapped around it and two little cannons on either side. With a Toxo Viper flying it, right? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think you'll, you'll be able to get a Toxo Viper in there, man. Yeah, yeah that yeah, is true. Yeah. Okay, so you were saying, like, okay, mine are piloted by uh, Stratoviper, or there's at least one Stratoviper in this thing. Um, so that's fair. But the thing is, nobody from Sky Patrol is a, a qualified pilot. Uh, everyone in Sky Patrol is either uh, a weapon specialist, uh, my favorite one, this is the best uh, one, parachute assembler, so airborne assembles parachutes, so not much of a pilot there either, apparently, according to this file card, <laughs> yeah, none of them are pilots, There's like all, they, all of their specialties are patrol leader, personnel administration, I like him, he's very dangerous, um, Weapon specialist and special forces advisor. I like him. He's a consultant. Very dangerous. Um, altitude. Uh, Sky Patrol recon scout. Nice. That's good. Uh, you need recon scouts. They are important uh, to the whole thing. He's also a combat a combat artist. That is cool. Uh, can't fly a plane though. Um, <laughs> audible frequency specialist. Hey, this guy's great to have as well. You definitely want him in an AWACS. 
because, you know, and is a signal call adjutant for the JCS, whatever the hell it is, Joint Chiefs of Staff. You know, nothing like a pencil pusher, you know, in your fob. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so none of them can fly your Sky Raven, which, I mean, is a pity because the Sky Raven is cool. I mean, I'll say that. Touche, Paul, touche. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, were you listening when Uh-oh. I read out some G.I. Joe biog write-ups earlier on in this podcast, which allege that Deep Six <laughs> can hold his breath for over an hour and carries a nuclear, nuclear-powered nuclear backpack? Obviously, you <laughs> need to take those write-ups with a pinch of salt, because let me just tell you this. Yeah. In the media appearances... Featuring the Night Raven, every single one that features a Night Raven in comic books and cartoons, that same Night Raven has been shot down or destroyed by the end of it. Yeah, but that's just because Joe needs to win. Every single media appearance featuring the Sky Raven, it is not shot down, it returns to base, it is in one piece. What do you say about that? I just said that the Night Raven's just on the wrong side, man. In its very that's, first that's appearance... Problem. Oh, well, okay. Pinch of salt. In its very first appearance, the Night Raven succeeds in shooting down Slipstream in the Conquest. However, that same Night Raven goes on to plow into its own drone. <laughs> Liability. <laughs> what? And that was his very first appearance. First appearance and first shoot-down. Same episode of the cartoon. Arise, Serpent, or Arise, part one. Yes, this is this is sad and true. It is. <laughs> it doesn't make the vehicle any less cool. My final point, <laughs> and this one is, unfortunately, the kicker. These jets, apart from the skin, are, as I say, in terms of performance, exactly the same. We've addressed personnel. Fair enough. There's room to debate, but... I'm still going to go with Sky Patrol's uh, track record, regardless of whether they're parachute assemblers or not. (laughs) But the clincher for this argument is the fact that when marketed, the Sky Patrol vehicle's special chrome coating give their aircraft, and I shit you not, invulnerability. (laughs) They are impervious to enemy fire. So says the commercial. Sound clip. Give G.I. Joe G.I. Joe scientists invent a top secret super metal surface that deflects enemy fire. No one outside. Sky Patrol. Sky Patrol is G.I. Joe Here comes Sky Patrol. And no one's tougher than the Sky Patrol Havoc. The Blazing Skyhawk, Sky Shark, and Sky Raven. No one outside. Sky Patrol. Sky Patrol is Sky Patrol figures come with parachute. Vehicles sold separately. That does sound very convincing. I think. And then I have to throw in my very last point. Oh, there's a rebuttal. <laughs> a rebuttal to the fact that the Sky there's Raven is impervious to enemy fire. Okay, good luck. Well, I mean, listen, it, it, the Night Raven has is covered with black ball paint, so it does make it a stealth vehicle. Okay, fine. But that's actually not my point. My point is this. There's no haven. There's no haven from the Cobra Night Raven. It's gonna drop right? down it's the reason it's better than the Sky Raven because it's got a cool theme song and a cooler theme song. Yeah. Right, well, we've said our piece, boys. It's time to decide <laughs> which the tough dog is. Is it the Cobra Night Raven or the GI Joe Sky Patrol Sky Raven? 
I turn the mic over to Mr. Bart Simon, our guest for the evening. I think this one's pretty easy. Um, it, it's got to be the Night Raven, because if you're going to use the drone as a scout craft, he's going to be flying at a higher altitude than the Night Raven, right? Yeah. So he's going to be looking for the Sky Raven coming, which is just going to be blinging in the sunshine with that chrome paint. So he's going to radio down to the Night Raven. The Night Raven's going to hit the deck because he's already radar blacked out. So the drone comes down, starts raining fire on the Sky Raven, but it's not, not going to penetrate the chrome. But the Night Raven can come up from underneath where there's no chrome and just blow it out of the sky. Hell yeah. Yeah. Damn. You and I should have been having this debate, Bart. Just superseded <laughs> Paul. <laughs> yeah, whose side are you on? Are you an impartial? I was just asking for a vote, and <laughs> you've just won the day for the man. All right, does that sway you, Cooge and, and Rob? How about it, Rob? Um, I, I think I'd probably still go with the Night Raven anyway. I mean, it has a it has a cool theme song. I mean, even if it always loses, right? uh, the theme song is just it, that sells it. It's it's the best. Yeah, definitely Night Raven. Touche. All right, Cooge. Are you going to add the third nail in the coffin? <laughs> <laughs> it's academic, boys. You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll side with Steven since he's in quarantine. I do like the Sky Raven just because uh, it can evoke Firefox. And I know that's a dusty film, but that plane still works. And I think if you set up a scenario where the plane's on the ground, you don't need a pilot, and Cobra has to steal this technology, it might set, you know... Night Raven storyline in motion if they can steal the plane. So I'm, I'm digging it. Hmm. I'll, I'll go Sky Raven. It's an interesting reversal. I mean, most people would say that G.I. Joe stole a Night Raven in order to make the Sky Raven. You would say it's no, the other no, way around. No, no, no. Huh. Well, with no pilot, comes I up mean, with the better ideas. it doesn't have a great personality, you know? It can reflect, but... Hmm. <laughs> Cobra Command is like, It looks like my helmet. I must make it mine. <laughs> Course. Why is it beige? Invincibility <laughs> versus invisibility, I guess. I don't know, Paul. Beige, I'd say, is preferable to the red accents on the Night Raven. It's still, like, it's too... Man, I really have a problem with red. Because, like, the tone <laughs> is just too too bright. If it was a deeper red, I'd be fine. But it's a little too close to neon. No, I think... Oh, you mean, like, with the, the boosters and things? Yeah, the, the intakes yeah, and okay. the, the, the exhausts. On the Night Raven. I think that's, that's just a, for me, for me, and it's always been like this, that's a winning combination, a color combination for me, is like orange and black Yeah, but if you took it down gray. a shade, if you took it down a shade, if it was stun, stun hubcap red, mm. instead of like, slightly like neon highlighter. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. I mean, I, at first I thought you were maybe talking about the canopy. and uh, Oh, no, no. Blast, love like... that. Love that. Because, I mean, let's face it, like, whether you're in a, a jet with a red canopy or a jet with a sort of smoky, uh, clear canopy, uh, you still got that fucking bar in the middle of your vision. Like, neither of these jets have great exactly. forward visibility because, you, you know, you're staring at a spa in your dead center. Yeah, to be fair, none of them are really, really good for dogfighting, so... Yeah, they don't have a, a really good uh, viewpoint, viewing angle from the cockpit. So. All right, well, I limp away with my tail between my legs. The third and final round is perhaps going to be my favorite, I am already saying. Um, once again, our guest is stepping into the ring. Bart Simon will be representing the Thunder Machine and the Dreadnoughts. And Robert will be representing the Beast... 
Blaster? Yeah, blasting beasts. <laughs> With Championship Edition Blanca and Chun Li. <laughs> That's my Blanca sound. Since you started the last time, bots, let's upend our chronological order and start with the Beast Blaster. Heck yeah. Rob, what has this thing got going for it? The Beast Blaster wins. That's what it's got going for it. It just <laughs> wins. First up, it's based off Street Fighter, one of the coolest games out there. Wins. It has twice as many pilots as the Thunder Machine does, and they're they're actually characters with, with, with incredible character and personality. Blanca, he's a crazy dude from Brazil. He can shoot electricity. Chun Li, she'll, she'll kick your ass from here to Friday. Instead of just some boring, um, kind of like, you know, like chain machine gun up front, it has a missile firing action. It's got four surface to surface missiles, which means it'll wipe out anything in front of it. And another big thing about this thing, it's faster than the Thunder Machine. Like way faster. Well, the Thunder Machine has wow. has a 21k thrust engine at the back. The Beast Blaster comes with a F-16 turbo thrust jet-powered engine. Now, according to to stats that I've been able to find, the minimum speed that this thing could possibly <laughs> have is 24k thrust, up to a maximum. Um, uh, some of them late, later ones were equipped with a 32k thrust engine which means that this thing is like at least twice as fast which means it'll, it'll come into range real fast fire off those missiles it doesn't even have to aim them at you because remember the thunder machine can only shoot front only front forwards which means that that unless you're right in front of this thing it's not going to hit you wow with the beast blaster piloted by chun lee with blanca shout, shouting off a whole bunch of like expletives and <laughs> And he's like, I'm in charge, I'm in charge here. <laughs> they fire those missiles <laughs> and they're gone before you even realize that Bapankuro. they're within range. <laughs> <laughs> Beast Blaster just wins. This is cooler. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> tell me about tell me about the, the, the drunk dreadnoughts and how, how they're going to beat me. Uh, I was waiting for the dreadnought smack talk, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> they're too drunk to drive straight. <laughs> grape Damn soda grape soda but what you got buddy i think it comes down to the driver on this one because one's got missiles this one's got guns yeah he's got a little bit more speed on me but is that really going to matter because thrasher is just insane he's going to do whatever it's going to take to get to this guy uh the vehicle's got full roll cage and it you know it's got that big bar on the front so he's not opposed to just ramming straight into somebody i I think it comes down to the maneuverability because the faster you're going the harder it's going to be to turn so mine being slower this thing has fully adjustable suspension he can get on the inside and come up with those guns and just start blazing once you run out of missiles what are you going to do you're going to have to use that speed to run I'm going to pull in behind you and just gun you down with my guns. Yeah, if your bullets mm. can catch up to us, we'll be just be moving so fast. I mean, we'll probably move faster than bullets <laughs> can possibly go. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. And we've got two people in, in our one, which means, you know, the Beast Blaster, we've got two people, people there. That That's fine. He's he's crazy. <laughs> if you think Thrash is crazy, a man who's a beast man, he's even crazier. 
He'll do things that no person could ever think of, even a crazy person like Thrasher. <laughs> He's going to have to get out of the vehicle to try and shock me. Thrasher's going to walk up with that club and just bonk him in the head. <laughs> yeah, he'll just low kick him to get past that. And then Chun-Li's going to knock you into next week. Chun-Li's got like, much better moves than Thrasher could ever possibly have. Spinning bird kick! Exactly. We, we, we can like ram right into you. We knock you off the road. And, and then, you know, my two pilots, we come in, in there and we, we kind of beat you up big time. <laughs> no way. I'll throw them spotlights on, the police lights, blind you, jack the e-brake on that thing, spin it around, hit you with the Gatling guns. Ah, those darn get Gatling guns. Well, mine's more kid-friendly. The colors on this <laughs> thing are absolutely beautiful. And ugly Kids. colors. Mine has good manly colors. Ah. <laughs> Mine's more kid friendly. You know, kids will love to play with play with my beast machine blaster instead of your thunder machine. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kids would love to play with my beast blaster more than your thunder machine. Oy, oy, oy. Any uh anybody got any fresh points to level after that one? Uh, I don't know. That 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 finished me. Uh, it's it's a it's a KO. <laughs> KO! You win! Perfect! But not really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now we have the unenviable task, Cooge, Paul, and myself, of determining our winner. Oh, better decals as well. Sorry. That, that was my final point. <laughs> oh. Incredible decals. <laughs> Representing how, how so? all the characters Which one in particular? from Street Fighter. You've got a cool Ken and Ryu decal on there. You've got Delcium. You've got Guile. All the characters... <laughs> Or just all represented on this machine, and it's got flamethrower little. It's 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 got little like yeah, like fireball decals. It's amazing. Whatever, I'll just throw some donuts at Blanca and he'll be done. <laughs> just sweep him, man. That's what Chen Li's there for. She's got his leash. She's like, get him, my be- beast blaster. Doesn't Chen Li have a ranged attack? She's got that like spinning whirlwind kick. That thing where she like. Upends herself and flashes her unmentionables to the sky. Yeah, she does. She's got the kick. And she... Oh, that yeah, the yeah, and she can she can jump off the edge of the screen as well. Yeah, there um, you go. Which only Balrog slash Vega can do. I read somewhere that Chun Li is rather overpowered in terms of like actual fighter stats. Like she's yeah, she she's is somewhere near the top. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wanted go. to make that clear. Yeah, she's OP. She's OP. Okay. Yeah, she has to okay. be seriously exactly. balanced. Anyways, I don't want to uh, argue the merits of uh, this debate any further. It wasn't my task. Paul, set the tone for us. Which uh, which vehicle and crew takes it for you? Hey, Paul, one thing. Uh, remember, I do have a snake eyes for sale, right? Oh, damn. In the pocket. That's unfair. What you got, Rob? What you got? You got some cigarettes? I got cigarettes, dude. I've stockpiled. I think cigarettes might win okay, these I'll, days. Huh? Uh, uh, cigarettes might actually win these, these days. These are yeah. difficult times, my boys. So I'll be fair. There was a mention of decals, uh, of livery on these two vehicles, so to speak. Uh, for me, I've got to say, Street Fighter 2's logo, that's a cool logo to have on a vehicle. It just says, hey, I'm a gamer. I drive this crazy machine. I'm a little unhinged. I like Street Fighter 2. You know, but then it's got the GI Joe sticker on it, and that just messes it all up. It that just takes it down a notch. Sorry, man. It's like GI Joe wouldn't make this hulking uh, sort of suicide mobile. You know what I mean? Unless 
yeah no it's just it's it's not a it's not a it's not a good look for for something to to stick a gi joe logo on. So that's what's the cool thing about decals you don't have to put them all on you can choose to leave that decal off that is true um another thing that sort of like for, for me sort of counts uh, counts against it and this is because of my knowledge of the video game street fighter my intimate knowledge with it as well i don't know if i would want blanker to drive but like anything and it's not because i think he'll be crazy i just i'm just worried that he's just not really safe there's a lot of things that could happen inside this vehicle i don't know i think blanker you know, he's just going to hold back and then push forward. And then he's going to roll inside that canopy and he's just going to mess everything up. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's just how I feel. Chin Li, you know, you've got two drivers. So that I suppose that is an advantage. But the difference is that one driver is actually really scared of the other. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she's like, you know, stuck in there with him. So that, that's kind of a thing. And I suppose my little bit of a nuke is once upon a time I did see this in an EGM that's Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine at the back they had all of the Street Fighter figures listed there with the Beast, Bl uh, Beast Blaster and I remember thinking holy hell that's a really ugly vehicle and, it, and it's so odd what color does because the Thunder Machine is one of my absolute favorites um, in the line and yeah I like Dreadnoughts and Rob hates Dreadnoughts so um, I think even the box art is cooler, which is something you guys didn't even mention. But my my vote goes Thunder Machine. Mm. I just I just had to. Sorry, I'm sorry, Rob. My my vote does go Thunder Machine. <laughs> but I gotta say, damn cool argument from your side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw my hat into the ring. Is it established in any way, shape, or form whether or not the missiles on the Beast Blaster are heat seekers? Um, as far as I know, they're, they're just they're four Street Fighter Two surface to surface missiles. So basically, Hadoukens. I mean, but you, you're you're a you're a military man. I mean, those missiles they're not likely to be wire guided. They would home in on like a heat bloom. I think it would have to depend on what type it is. If you know, if they're fire forget, uh, they could be wire guided. It, it could be like a tow missile. It's got the camera in the front. Uh, without okay. them defining it, uh, I guess it's up to your imagination. Hmm. Choose the one that makes it more likely for you to choose the Beast Blaster. <laughs> well, here's where I'm going with this. I mean, Rob, you did make mention of, of the, the missile armament, and that's that's your kind of opening salvo, because yeah. the Beast Blaster's got range on the Thunder Machine in that regard. And what is very conspicuous about both these vehicles is they are putting out a lot of heat. You know, they're not mm. doing much to mask their approach. And a lot of sound as well. So that standoff range is pretty crucial. So, I don't know, guys. Um, maybe I'm starting to invent my own arguments here because, uh, you know, Bart set the tone when he totally shredded my Sky Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not holding a grudge. I'm not holding a grudge. <laughs> but just to keep things interesting, I'm going to say the Beast Blaster. Because mm. we all know what uh, what any street fighter does the second they are alone on a stage with a car in front of them. They wreck it in under 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we talking total from like showroom floor to complete heap in less than 30 seconds? So, you know, these guys are potent with their vehicle and with their fists. My God. And kicks mm. and spiky... Uh, wrist things <laughs> so uh, i'm gonna give it to the street fighters cooch you are our tiebreaker bro who's gonna take it i think right just right off the bat 
because uh, of my my play history, etc. The Thunder Machine, it's so nice. It's so versatile. It evokes Mad Max. It, it just fits into nearly every play pattern. And if you can rip the wheel, those Gatling guns are going to spray an entire field. So that is intimidating. The box art, I'm with you, Paul. Let's talk Street Fighter. I think with Blanca, I'm not sweating him behind the wheel. I'm going to say he'll find some clarity. I do like the yin-yang sticker. I like that. Um, But I think this is how you decide it. Uh, Zarana, I didn't know it was you. I think think Thrasher's too thirsty. He's going to get a look at Chun-Li and probably steer right into the ditch. (laughs) You you, you hate to say it, but... (laughs) Yeah, man. He is the beast blaster after all. Shit. But then he'll take a look at a diaper crotch and uh, <laughs> reconsider. Oh, it's a brutal sculpt. I'm going to go Beast Blaster too. Unorthodox. Yes. What? Upset. It's also not as fragile as, as the Thunder Machine, let's be fair. I mean, it is safer for kids to play with. Exactly. You bastards. You, you've you got me looking for Beast Blasters on the aftermarket now. Uh, me too. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I hate you guys. Figures. I mean, of the Street Fighter 2 vehicles, I'd say it's the one that you want. Because of those sweet, sweet rubber tires, man. The fact that they dusted off the Thunder Machine mold for that line is remarkable to me. Because everything else, the Shadow Lou playsets, the... Uh, the, the, the training, whatever, dojo for the, the heroes, the badger, whatever it was called, the crim- that was called the Crimson Attack Strike or something, and then the Sonic Boom Tank, like that, those yeah. were all very recent uh, mold uses. But to reach as far back as, as, as a 1986 vintage, that's something else. That's something worth celebrating, something worth maybe revisiting. And yes, there's wicked... Yeah, someone at Capcom was like, this is their favorite vehicle and they knew how to improve it let's slap all the decals <laughs> on it like you're right it does have everyone's put a yin yang on there it's sweet all the heroes are represented except exactly. Zangief I didn't see Zangief did I see Zangief anyways no one cares about nobody Zangief. likes Zangief he wrestles bears no he does actually he does he has a big he red does. sticker on there very nice but besides the point because Rob the, the dark horse the one least likely representing the beast blaster you've just tranced the thunder machine Bram! Hell yeah. Easy. Wow. I will do anything to, to disrupt a Dreadnought win. Anything. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and <laughs> thus concludes our Vehicle Battles Repaints Edition. Pujo and Steven failed to get off the starting blocks. Uh, Paul, Bart, and Rob, you guys all have a win under your belts. Maybe we'll yeah. do a round two. Fight! and determine the ultimate winner between the three of you. But right now, I think... It's um, me. But for now, it's... Right now, I, I think I'm on my way out. Anyone got any closing remarks? Bart, let's hear from you, man. Uh, not really. This was a lot of fun. It's my first uh, podcast ever, and uh, it's it really interesting. It's a little bit of an eye-opener to see, uh, like you said, uh, what, what goes on. Yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. madness. All yeah. the edits. All the uh, yeah, technical uh, fuckery. Yeah, geez, sorry. <laughs> Truge, push the black book one more time, man. I can never can hear enough. I like yeah. it, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Bart, it was good to connect with you. I hope you and yours are doing good. Stay sharp, brother. Thanks. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Pick up the black book. Why? Because it's 25 bucks and you're going to throw that away or lose it on the stock market anyway. And 
Honestly, it supports about a half do- oh, check that. About a dozen artists in our community are getting paychecks. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh that's it guys. Turn up for community, it's twenty twenty. If you don't see the word sustainability yet, you will. So that's all I got. Thank you guys. This is uh one of the best hours of my week. Cheers. There you go. Gonna keep you going through another week. Paolo, give it to us, man. <laughs> <You're done. laughs> Sorry. You know, Kim <laughs> loves that move. Uh, but she, she does that all the time. She does the kind of the, the tuck jump with the, the peace signs. Aww. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, I had to, uh, for, for Rob's Monster Blaster win, I had to throw in a bit of Chun Li in there. I brought my Night Raven with me to this battle. It's actually sitting here in the studio with me, and Lowlight is trying to find a way to plant a bomb in it. But uh, I'm glad that I did. Uh, it, it brought me the, the big W tonight, so I'm feeling good about that. But it was fantastic having you on the show. I hope we can do it again. Uh, you're a lot of fun. And um, yeah, guys, stay safe, stay sane, all of us. Uh, not just us, but all of you listening. And, you know, reach out if you if you want content. If you think that G.I. Jobo can, can entertain you in some way, let us know. And we'll try and make a plan, like a live stream or something impromptu, Heck maybe. Yeah, let us entertain you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob is child-friendly. Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> this is true. Uh, yeah, Steven's he's a monster guns. blaster. <laughs> yeah, Steven's got a Sky Raven. He can show that off. Mm-hmm. And there ain't no Haven from Paul's Night Raven. That's right, my man. That's right. Hey, maybe we could have a Paul Dusty's Night Raven video. That would be oh, great. Riveting stuff. I would pay money to watch that. Ladies and gentlemen, we are G.I. Joburg, and we are out! Yeah! Out! Get out! Get down! Get to the chopper! Your luggage. <laughs> Give me your shoes.